Welcome to All Autism Talk, connecting the autism community one podcast at a time. Our podcast offers friendly conversations with inspiring individuals in the autism community. All Autism Talk is brought to you by Learn Behavioral and the Learn Provider Network. Now here's your host, Richie Plush. Hey, everybody. Thanks for tuning in to this week's episode of All Autism Talk, a podcast brought to you by the Learn Behavioral Network, a leading provider in ABA services across the country. I'm excited to talk to you this week about uh, token systems and how we can be using token systems in our homes and how we can be using them with our clients. Um, Just a reminder for all of you that really our goal with our podcast is to be able to answer clinical questions and discuss them in a way that is uh, relatable for anyone. So whether you have a history in behavior analysis or not, we want to be able to give some insight into the experience that we have and share a little bit of what we've learned over the years. So uh, really, we're going to be trying to discuss some clinical content, share a little bit about what's worked and what hasn't. Um, again, this is not a, not a blanket statement for every, every learner. Like the tips we're going to talk about and token systems in general, what we're going to talk about today are not going to work for everybody. But um, just something for you to kind of keep as a, as a tool for you to use and um, something for you to keep in mind as you're trying to take your uh, programming to the next level or take uh, – your support for your son or daughter to the next level. So with that said, I'm excited to be joined today by Katherine Johnson. Katherine, thanks for being here today. Hello, Richie. It is always good to be here, and I'm excited to talk tokens. Great. You know, this is something that um, I've certainly used a lot in my clinical programming over the years, and I know you have too, um, but for families who are just getting started or – or who are just kind of diving into this, let's talk about what actually is a token system. What is a token economy system? Sure. Well, a token economy is a way that you can bridge the gap between when a behavior happens and when you're actually delivering the reinforcer. So lots of parents have heard their behavior analysts tell them that you need to reinforce immediately after a behavior. A token is a way to reinforce immediately after a behavior when the reinforcer that you're going to use is something that maybe um, you can't do immediately after the behavior. So it sort of bridges that gap. So just as an example, say you're trying to do vocal imitation with a kid and you're trying to get them to say different words, different sounds, and you want to do kind of a lot of it. You want to ask them, you know, they need a little bit of repetition. So you want to do, you know, 10, 20 trials, but the reinforcer that's most potent is going outside. So it wouldn't make sense to just say, to just do one trial of vocal imitation and then go outside. Using a token system, it's a visual reminder for the child that they are getting things right, that they are moving towards that reinforcer, and they can see exactly where they are in earning that reinforcer. Right. I love, I, I love token systems. I mean, you know, one of the things that, that I always would share with parents is that we use a token system just as like in our normal day-to-day lives, a token system of money, right? We, we collect tokens and we trade those for preferred items. And some of us are trading, you know, money for vacations, which must be nice. Others are trading, uh, you know, (laughs) money for whatever it may be. Uh, If you value shoes, you're going to trade your tokens for shoes. And if you don't value, you know, fancy shoes, then you're not worried about that as much. So the, the other nice thing is that you can, trade your tokens uh, for something that you prefer versus what you just, what you prefer in the moment versus what you just, you know, as a whole generally prefer. Right. Um, 
Absolutely. So you can save up, you can use your tokens. You don't have to decide in advance what it is you're going to use those tokens for, right? Right. So can you can you describe to us like sort of um, you know create a creative you know what what does it look like? What does a token system actually look like, or what can it look like? Oh my gosh, there's so many different ways to use a token system. You can have a token system that is a piece of paper with five little squares drawn onto it and then just putting stars in it. You know, you can have something as simple as that. Or you could have something super elaborate that has, you know, things, you know, pictures that are laminated and many tokens and have, um, I've had people set up tokens like game boards before. One of my favorite token systems that I ever did was with a little kiddo who we were, um, we were trying to decrease some aggressive behavior. And we had a photograph of a playground. And so we actually just cut the photograph in half, and each piece of the photograph was, it, was a token. And so all he had to do was go 10 minutes, no aggression, he would get a half of the photograph. 10 minutes, no aggression, he would get another half of the photograph, we'd go to the playground. As we progressed, we just cut the pictures up into more and more pieces. So eventually he was going several hours before, uh, with no aggression before going to the playground. You can make tokens out of literally anything. The token that you described was probably the first one that I used uh, in my classroom when I first started teaching. What we did was we had a, uh, a piece of paper with five squares on it. Uh, and at the top it said, I'm working for, and then we would either write in whatever they were working for, or we had icons for that. And then we would just, you know, uh, we laminated the, the sheet of paper, and then we would use a whiteboard marker and just draw stars on there. And when they got to five stars, they would trade mm -hmm. those five stars for whatever it was. You know, again, to your point, some of, some of my students at the time could work for 10 stars, some were working mm -hmm. for five stars. Some were working for one star. But the idea was they're learning to trade those stars for the preferred item. And instead of getting, for example, a Skittle every time they read a sight word correctly, that wasn't necessarily feasible or sustainable. So what we would do is you'd get a star, and then you could trade those in. I want to just sort of land on, on something you mentioned there and, and flesh it out a little bit because I think it's really important. So you had some students that were working for five tokens, some students who were working for 10 tokens, and you had the number of squares visually in front of them so that they could see how many tokens were necessary to earn their reinforcer, right? Right, right. So we had, I just want to share this with parents because um, I had a parent make a token system once that was very beautiful. We were, the child was, using pennies for tokens, and so we, they had 20 pennies. And to make the token board, they took a, um, a clipboard and just put strips of Velcro on the clipboard. It nice. was beautiful. They worked really hard on it, and the one thing that we needed to change then is we needed to make it visually obvious to the child how many pennies they had to earn. So we couldn't just put them on the strips. We had to have one little spot for each penny so that it was really obvious to the child how many tokens they had left before they were able to trade in. I mean, that makes sense. You know, when you equate it to the concept of money, I, you know, if I'm, if I'm saving up for the brand new Air Jordans that I want and I know that they're going to cost $200, that's how much I need to save for, or I don't know, however much Air Jordans are, right? Um, I have a goal in mind and I save towards that. 
where I work towards that, right? If you said, yeah, you can have these, but you have no idea how long it's going to take to actually save up that money. At some point, I'm going to stop doing work because that, that, that uh, gratification, that reinforcement is so far out that it's like, Hey, I've done, I've done all this work and I can't get it. Right. So um, mm-hmm. I think that's a really important thing to have that visual and really kind of give a, give a target of what you're working towards. Yeah. So we talked about the benefits of being able to sort of like bridge the gap when, when you're, when you're working towards something that's not necessarily available immediately, but do you want to share some of the other benefits of token systems, Richie? Yeah, I mean, one of one of the things I think about is really it's the ability to get a lot of a lot of reinforcement without having it be the big ticket item, right? So, so you can reinforce all sorts of different behaviors, whether it be a, a skill acquisition target, an effort, right? Like I always like to praise the effort. If you're trying really hard and you still got it wrong, I, you know, that's still something good. And you can praise behavior. You can have all that in one system. You can have multiple different systems if it's not too complicated. Mm-hmm. But I think really just being able to say like, hey, you know, you're sitting, Johnny, you're sitting so nicely right now. Thanks for really focusing and trying to do your work. And here's a star mm-hmm. that if you if you set the token system up right, that's going to have a big impact on behavior. Just that alone. Absolutely. Um, I also think about um, the schedule, thinning the schedule of reinforcement. So I know, especially for a lot of kiddos who are motivated by edibles. Um, their parents often would like to sort of fade that out so that they're not getting an mm. edible every time, every time they engage in a new skill. And we, need, we do need to provide reinforcement, especially when we're teaching a new skill. We need to provide a reinforcer after every time they display the behavior. So it's a way that you can sort of thin that reinforcement of an edible, of a jelly bean, well, I've got jelly beans in front of me, so that's what I'm thinking of, or an M&M, <laughs> you can still be reinforced and they can see something tangible in front of them and it's associated with that jelly bean. And so you're still able to reinforce every time they're engaging in the behavior that you're trying to teach and they're not getting 20 jelly beans every time you do one two-minute program. Right, right. You know, one of the things I think about is, you know, some reinforcement has to be taught, right? Like, some reinforcement is, is just a primary reinforcer and, and, you know, jelly beans taste great. No one needed to tell me that I had one. I liked it. I will, I will do work to get more, but these tokens, they're, they're secondary reinforcers and we really need to, that they are reinforcement or that they are access to reinforcement. So what's a way to start a token system? If I was going to start it's day, you know, we've been implementing programs, we're, we're kind of getting started with this type of thing. What's the first thing we need to do to make sure we set it up for success? Well, with early learners, I would actually start with a token system with all the tokens already on it. I would just start with that exchange. So, for instance, if you have, you know, a little piece of cardboard with a room for three tokens, I would put the three tokens on them and then prompt your child to give it to you, and then you give them their most preferred item. So once they've got that exchange down, then you can take one of the tokens off. And then I would start with really easy tasks, things that are mastered. Um, you know, have them do one mastered item, give them a token, and then make the exchange for their preferred item. And then you can just kind of continue on there, requiring you know, that they earn more and more tokens um, in order to get that exchange. Yeah, so you can make the tokens harder to earn or you can increase the number of tokens that are required. But the very first step is teaching that, like, these tokens get you – you can trade these tokens for whatever it is that you picked. 
you know, one of the things I think about is sometimes you, you can see a student who has, you know, my example from earlier, five, you know, five blank spaces versus 10 blank spaces. And it may seem like on the surface that one is harder than the other, but we don't, we actually have to have a pretty detailed plan on how we're going to be giving tokens and what earns a token. And that changes mm -hmm. on any given day, right? We've talked about this before. If I'm tired, if I didn't sleep very well, if I'm having a hard day, it may, you may need to make the tokens easier to earn that day uh, versus if I'm really working hard and giving my best effort and everything's just on point. So, you know, um, for families, they can adjust the, the, the effort it's required to earn a token. A hundred percent. And you also want to adjust it for how difficult the task is, right? So if you are, if you're doing a really difficult task, you might want to intersperse it with sort of easier tasks and allow them to earn tokens for those easier tasks as well. If we're doing like a language program and it's really hard, you know, maybe mm -hmm. we're doing, uh, maybe, you know, it's one token for every effort, but if we're doing something that's a little bit easier, like a play type program, maybe it's every couple minutes you can get a token or something like that. Yeah, and I'm, I'm thinking of um, this one little kiddo in particular that I worked with, and communication in general was just very difficult for him. And so mm -hmm. when we were doing vocal imitation, we were teaching him new words, he could get very frustrated very quickly. And so even though he had a token board that was 10 tokens, and we could sort of get through those tokens really quickly if we were doing um, a program that was non-vocal, when we were doing the vocal programs, we would we would do um, we would ask him to imitate a word, and then we would give him a token for sitting nicely, and then we would give mm -hmm. him a token for for looking at us, and then we would ask for him to to imitate another word. You know, it was a task that just required a lot of effort for him, so we wanted to provide basically more reinforcement for more effort. Right, that makes sense, and you know. I think what you just said triggered a thought for me, right? One of the benefits of, of a token system, you know, you asked me that a minute ago, it can go anywhere, right? It, it can, it can go, you know, a token system can travel with you to the grocery store. It can travel with you, you know, in the car. The, the idea is that it's really just a system for earning tokens that you can trade for a preferred item later so you can use that across different activities. You can use that at grandma's house. That can be used at school. And in fact, I would encourage families to collaborate with teachers and in-home providers to make sure that there's one system across home and school so that it's not a different, you know, if I have to learn two different money systems, that would be really complicated, right? And so I would encourage families to have one that works across all the settings. And then at that point, you can use it anywhere, regardless of the, regardless of the target, regardless of the environment, regardless of who's teaching, the system is what really is the, the benefit of it, right? That's really what's going to get you access to the reinforcement. Speaking of being portable, did you know that now it's so terrific? There are token systems that you can get on your phone or on iPad just as an app. Really? Tell us about yeah, it. Yeah, it's very I didn't cool. Know that. There are a bunch of token board apps on the App Store, and there's too many to even list them. Some of them cost money. Some of them are free. But definitely check them out. If you've got a kiddo who also has their own device, there's some of them that you can link up with your device and their device. There's one, I think that I, I spoke about this on another podcast called Privilege Points. Mm -hmm. um, and a point system is, you know, essentially a token system. 
And so it's something that you can sort of give your child points for, and then they can see it on their own device. And they can also see how much various reinforcers cost. Oh, that's another way that you know, we haven't talked about that yet, but that's a great point, right? Um, you can make certain items cost more than others. So if I, if I really like TV time or I really like to go to the movies, you know, one is going to cost less than the other potentially, and I may have to save up for, you know, a couple of days or a week, whatever it may be to earn the, the trip to the movie theater versus, you know, 10 minutes of TV time I can save up, you know, I can earn that a little bit more readily. Exactly. And that's such a great way to individualize reinforcement for your kids. They can choose moment to moment. They can make their own decision whether they want to trade in sooner rather than later for something that's less valuable or if they want to save up. So then we're, we're really teaching, you know, delayed gratification amongst other things, right? I mean, being able to save up for a larger quote unquote purchase is, is still going to be beneficial. And I can see that happening easier than I, than I can if it's just like an abstract concept, like, great, you know, have five good days in a row. Well, what does that mean versus you have to earn 25 stars and then we can trade that for a trip? Absolutely. And all of our kids need to learn delayed gratification. What an important life skill. You know, one of the things I, I think about that comes up a lot is sometimes uh, what I was working for is not what I'm interested in now. So what's your thought on being able to change whatever that item is. What's your thought on being able to like, you know, I, I was working for computer time. I earned my five stars. Do I have to have computer time or can I change that to something else? I think no matter so, what, if a child wants to, what, whatever a child wants to work for, they should be able to work for it. So if they said they were, they, they were choosing computer at the beginning and they change their mind after they've got those tokens, I mean, let them change it. Let them, let them, let them get what they want to get. Otherwise it's not going to be effective. Yeah, I, I mean, I, I tend to agree. Um, you know, if I, if I was saving up for, you know, those shoes I was mentioning earlier and I go to buy them and I see another pair of shoes that, are, that I like even more and they're the same cost, I should be able to change my mind. You know, the example I always share with families is I really like pizza and I will very often work for pizza. But if I had pizza for lunch, I'm probably not going to be too motivated by pizza today. And I may think I want pizza, and then by the time it's like it, came, it comes time to actually get the pizza, I'm like, you know, that sounded good, but hot chocolate sounds better, or I don't know, whatever it may be. Right? Mm -hmm. Like We should be able to switch. We do that all the time, right? We change our minds. We, if we were saving for something, we'd buy something else. That's okay. That's certainly okay. Absolutely. And that also sort of brings up the point that sometimes you say that you want something, and it's not in, in the end – it's not necessarily what's the most effective. Sometimes we rely on asking kids what they want to work for, but actually presenting them with the choices and allowing them to choose it and access it right there in that moment, that's what's most effective in finding out mm. what's motivating to them. What are some things that people should keep in mind when they're using a token system or some things uh, that they should keep in mind when they're first getting started? Well, I would say, first of all, to start off simple as we talked about before, you know, only requiring one token, making sure that they're asking their kids to do things that they already know how to do so that the response effort is pretty low, making sure that they have really, really high quality reinforcers. Whatever tokens you pick, you know, you can have pieces of paper, you can have stars, you can have buttons, you can have stickers, you can use Monopoly money, you can use real money. You got to make sure, though, that whatever you pick, they're not going to be able to 
find more of that thing somewhere else, what we call bootleg reinforcement. (laughs) You also (laughs) want to make sure that those tokens are durable, right? You don't want, you know, the dog to eat them or, you know, a little bit of water gets splashed on them and they get ruined. Some people like to make them fun, fun characters. They can be characters. They don't have to be. The token board can be elaborate and beautiful. can be a scrap of paper. No, those are really great points. And I, and I also think for a lot of, our, for a lot of our, our clients that are just learning how to use the token system, remember that that's work. And um, if, you haven't taught, if you haven't taught the system, you can't expect them to use the system. So you may need to ease up on some other demands in the short term while they're learning how to use the system. It's going to pay big dividends later, but take a half step back so you can take many steps forward later on. I think it's really important that we recognize that learning how to use a system is still learning and, and making sure that, that, we're, that we're honoring that for our, um, for our clients. Richie, what's the most fun or silly or elaborate token system you've ever either created or used? So I actually have, you know, the, the token system I've used the most, um, I've used money actually a lot. And I know that uh-huh. the concept of like a paycheck is, is tough for families and it's tough for some people, but we all work for money and we, you know, it's such a big part of our society that I think it's a beneficial, it has added benefits, right? So, mm-hmm. um, you know, I've used it to teach, it teaches, uh, you know, saving, it teaches coin conversion from, you know, pennies to nickels to dimes, all that stuff. We can teach the mm-hmm. dollar over strategy, right? If something's five ninety nine, you need $5 and then a dollar for the change. You know, so I've, I've really tried to use that as much as I can because I think that, that, that generalizes really easily. And it's something that, like, you can go and buy fake pennies or you can just use pennies. Uh, it's, it's readily available. Mm-hmm. You don't have to make a, a brand new system for it. Right, right. What's a, what's a system that you've used that, like, you found has been uh, easy to implement and easy to get started? There was a school that I worked at one time when we had – we would have a binder for each of the kiddos' programs, and we would actually just put the token system on the binder itself so that we always had the binder, we always had the, the curriculum, and we always had the token system no matter where we went. For families, you know, something more portable, I think, is more useful and – my family's had a lot of luck using those sort of miniature clipboards because they're really durable. You can actually, like, clip on the picture of whatever it is they're working for if it's useful for your child to see a picture of their reinforcer um, and then put tokens on the back. The simpler the better, right? You don't have to I've – seen, I've seen really complicated ones, and, and I've seen people have three token systems going at one time, and it, and it can get overwhelming. Um, so, yeah. I, you know, I'm a big fan of simpler is better. Um, one thing that has worked is uh, I've, seen, I've seen some people use one specifically for behavioral targets and one for skill acquisition. So to your point earlier of, you know, your little guy that was trying to earn recess time or outside time, mm-hmm. if you have 10 minutes, you know, of no hitting, and then 10 minutes of mm-hmm. no hitting, you can access the playground, right? That can be a behavioral one. And then you can have a separate mm-hmm. one for work. But you also don't need to. I mean, I think when in doubt, simplify for this, for this particular concept. Exactly. That's great advice. 
Do you have any particular tips for families? Yeah, I mean, well, I always think it's a good idea to collaborate, right? Make sure that uh, make sure you're checking in with your clinical team. Make sure you're ta- talking to your teachers and whoever else might be supporting you and your son or, or daughter. Again, it's really hard to have a bunch of different systems. So creating one system and having it trans, you know, transfer all across the child's life, I think it's going to be a lot easier than having a speech system, an OT system, a school system, a home system, an in-the-car system, a grandma system. So as much as you can, again, get back to one really easy system. Perfect. Well, Catherine, uh, thank you so much for jumping on the podcast this week and sharing a little bit about your experience. I really hope that this is going to help some families be able to start a token system or a reinforcement system for them and their families. And uh, we appreciate you being here today. Great to talk to you. Thank you all for tuning in. I appreciate this. Appreciate you being here this week. You can always find us on Facebook and Instagram at Autism Therapies. And if you have a show suggestion or if you need help with something or if there's something we can talk about here that would be beneficial, send us an email. Uh, send us an email at allautismtalk at learnbehavioral.com. And always subscribe and rate us on iTunes or wherever you get your podcasts. Thank you all. Take care. We hope you've enjoyed today's episode of All Autism Talk. This podcast is brought to you by Learn Behavioral, the leading network of providers serving children with autism and other special needs. Visit us at learnbehavioral.com. Listen to previous episodes at allautismtalk.com on iTunes, Apple Podcasts, or wherever you get your podcasts. All Autism Talk, connecting the autism community one podcast at a time.